Chris Russell is the podcast host of Agriminders. Season three of that podcast, which you can find at podcastone.com.au, has dropped. One of the episodes is called Have We Skipped the Ruse? Chris Russell joins me now. Good morning, Chris. I'm great, thanks, Sean. You had a bit of fun with this title, didn't you? I did. Well, you know, people, Skippy is that kind of iconic animal, and I was very in, intrigued with Dr. George Wilson, who's my agriminder on this particular interview, because he's, on one hand, spent his whole life working out how, how we can use them more as a resource. But as he said, he's the greatest conservationist about kangaroos because at the moment they just either die in the paddock or are slaughtered with absolutely no purpose at all. Mm. There's so many threads that we need to pick up with this podcast and obviously listen to this, but if you get a chance to download Agriminders from podcastone.com.au, it's so insightful. And what you said there, being conservationist, because as you said, the the kangaroo population, and it is quite a diverse population, I didn't realise there were so many species, we find that out in the podcast, but they are so big in number, we're talking uh, a conservative estimate of 40 million roos across Australia, Chris, and as you say, they're starving to death and dying of thirst. And they're worth $500 million in terms of meat. Not that anyone's suggesting that they all be harvested, yes. but it is a valuable resource. And that could be probably double that if we just had a bit more of a, sens- a sensible approach to how we harvest them. For example, I estimate we've lost 4 million roos in the drought. Now mm-hmm. they've just died in the paddock. Now, if we'd culled those in advance, eh, it would have been much kinder to the kangaroos rather than just letting them starve to death. Plus, we could have actually sold the meat and, and harvested the hides. Mm. So it's, but it's counterintuitive, isn't it, for animal activists? You think killing an animal is the worst thing you can do for it, but you're right, it's crueler to leave it out to the elements when it's such harsh conditions, and you can make a bit of money out of it. But there was also, and this is an interesting thing about the podcast as well, the, the kangaroos compared to other meat is very, very inexpensive it's so cheap and i just wonder how can we try and boost that kangaroo market is there a way you can create a market out of nothing make it more appealing for china or other places yeah one of the big problems of course has been that because of the russian sanctions the russians of course in retaliation have stopped buying kangaroo meat from us and they were one of our biggest purchases Mm. and then we've got california which was another massive purchaser particularly of the hides um, they've taken it in their view that the kangaroo is going to become extinct, so they won't allow the import anymore. So those two markets alone made a massive difference to dropping that out. And yet, with all the conservationists talk about this, you've got to remember that kangaroos consume 70% less water per kilo of meat than beef, and they produce less than a 30th of the greenhouse gases of cattle. So, if, you know, what, which one, what are we doing here? Yeah. We, we just burn them, let them die, live in nature, or do we actually have some sort of strategic planning involved where we have a controlled culling, we cut out this massive, they, they grow so quickly and they can populate themselves, you know, in a heartbeat because of their very unique design adapting their reproductive systems to the Australian climate. You know, when things are dry, they stop breeding, when, but when things are good, they breed absolutely like flies. And if you listen to the podcast, you'll hear the fascinating way that they're able to do that. If you're not aware of that already, it is absolutely fascinating. Uh, And, of course, that means, though, that we need to have some way of levelling that out so that we don't have massive deaths in droughts um, and that we, you know, that we don't just absolutely waste them as a resort. Across Esperance, Sean for Breakfast.
Well, a kangaroo farm probably isn't viable and also very hard to maintain because of their, you know, ability to escape. But the the big problem we've got is a lack of of licensed professional shooters. So therefore it's left to amateur hunters, which is not nearly as as, uh, animal welfare friendly. Um, And also there's no way of actually harvesting the meat. You have to have it in a cold store within four hours. So that needs to be all set up. So... Um, and, and we just need to think a little bit more about how we can actually make sure we can get those kangaroos into cold storage in a hygienic way that can then meet standards to be shipped um, overseas more quickly. And the actual meat, and this is where, you know, it's obviously subjective, but kangaroo meat, it's so lean, and it is it is quite a... I, I think it's a very delicious meat. I had a, a mate, a housemate, who was addicted to it. He'd have kangaroo steak or little kangaroo patties uh, once or twice a week and then there's also this idea which I want to play with and this isn't going to ha- this isn't going to make the vegans out there very happy. Talk to me about kangatarians, Chris. Yeah, well, you know, I, I give up on all these terrians, to be honest, because they're just fads, really. But as you say, it is a very lean meat and the, it's cooking it is a bit of an art, it's a bit like cooking venison. Um, it's very easy to overcook it. Mm. Um, and I remember in the, when, you know, when, when I was a very young fellow working with the old stockman, they used to say you throw kangaroo meat in with a bunch of hot rocks for four hours and then throw the meat away and suck on the rocks. <laughs> but, but, you know, if you actually take a piece of steak and you just lightly sear it on the outside and have it rare, it is the most beautiful meat. And if you like the best venison you can have, well, kangaroo meat is just as good as that if you cook it like that. It's absolutely delicious and with that beautiful gamey flavour. Mm. But that's only going to work if you have a plan which gives a business to people to do it. Yeah, and it's also they're living a, as natural life as you can get. They're living a wild life, which I think some animal activists, they don't like the fact that cows and sheep are, are fenced up and everything. But, I mean... Anyway, the podcast is absolutely fascinating. We've barely touched the surface of it. You can get it from podcastone.com.au. There's quite a few of those topics, and we'll be doing it every week, catching up with one of those. Chris Russell is the podcast host. Thank you so much, Chris. No worries, Sean.